This podcast contains sexually explicit material and adult content. Mature audiences only. Listening discretion is advised. Hey everybody and welcome to Pleasure Playpen Sex Love and Relationship Podcast. I'm here again with Casey and today we're actually going to be discussing the ace representation in media. So let's begin. Actually, let's have this be a question for you. Okay. No, any sexual characters. Oh, you mean like represented in like film, movies? Media. I do not. I have noticed. I have noticed (laughs) an an uptick of gay and trans representation in every single show that I watch, and I mean every single show Mm -hmm. that I watch. There is at least one gay character in there. And if there's not a gay character, there's a character that they always refer to as they. Yeah. Um, but I know I have never once seen an asexual character in anything I've ever seen. Well, I was 22 when I first saw somebody like me in any media. Here in 2012, most people think I am talking about the house episode. The very, very infamous House episode. Okay, so then I probably have seen that because I have seen House. I'm not talking about the House episode because the House episode did not have an asexual character at all. What happened was House proved that I am lying and fake. Ah, it was one of those episodes. (laughs) Yeah. That's fun. Um, I'm talking about Brave, the Disney show. I've actually never seen the movie. It's great. Um, they never say anything uh, about the sexuality, gender, romantic identity of the character, Merida. Mm-hmm. But she does have an arc where she goes, I don't want a romantic relationship. I don't want any of these guys. I just want to be me. Huh. I wonder if that's what they were hinting at. I think they kept it vague because it's relatable for a lot of people, and that's fine. The first, like, named asexual character that I can remember is uh, Todd Chavez on BoJack Horseman. Never see that one either. <laughs> BoJack's good. Todd is, like, well, Todd's fine. Um, him being ace is one of my least favorite parts about it. <laughs> It's just, he is the goof-off character, and the episodes about his asexuality are also goof-off episodes, and that would be okay if it wasn't, like, the first character. But the thing is, that's mostly it, unless you get into things like uh, story podcasts. If you all haven't listened to it, go listen to the Magnus Archives. It's a great horror podcast. Love it. The main character, I'm going to spoil a little bit, is asexual. Mm-hmm. Um, I relate to him a lot because he <laughs> there's this whole little storyline where he thought that one of his coworkers was trying to kill him. That coworker had a crush. It's very uh, relatable. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Why are you interested in me? Oh shit! It's just that. <laughs> you're not. You're not stalking me. You're not trying to kill me. You just like me. <laughs> it was very cute. <laughs> That's funny. But there, 
any other character I can think of is like from children's media and they think that is the best way to just not talk about sex. Uh, there are some good representations in children's media, like uh, Peridot from Steven Universe, but they never mention it on the show. That's the thing that one of the creators came out with later. It's like, yeah, we meant her to be Aero Ace. Yeah, it's hard for us to talk about this because people don't have a touchstone. And we keep getting thrown under the bus with it, too. <laughs> You know Riverdale? Yeah. So in the comics, Jughead is Arrow Ace. Really? And uh, I don't know if I actually said earlier, but Arrow is short for aromantic. I think people could piece that together, but just in case. Yeah, no, he's always been there. They updated the really old, like, 1950s stuff where he just didn't like girls to be arrowways. And I think that flows very well. That's very in keeping with the character. It's hard to do those types of, like, ongoing series characters 100% perfect all the time. But in the show, they just throw that out because we're not interesting. That's a quote. We get that a lot, actually. (laughs) So you're, like, not a human? Like, no. And you get the people who are like, sex and love is what makes you human. You instantly become not interesting, not a person when you, you apparently that's all there is, is gender and sexuality in the world. Apparently. That's what makes you human. Compared to what? Um, one of the biggest named characters I can think of is SpongeBob SquarePants. That's a very good point, because he has only once ever, like, had really a crush, and it was on Sandy. I'm a huge SpongeBob fan, obviously. And um, that was, like, <laughs> it was on Sandy for, like, an episode, and that was about it. And yeah. People have made that comment, actually. I have heard that before, that they think uh, of um, SpongeBob as asexual. Yeah, um, the creator did come out with that. Uh, I know a lot of cartoon lore, because I am an illustrator. <laughs> But I do see a negative to this one. I feel like, and I could be completely wrong, but I feel like they wanted him to be asexual to not put a sexual stigmatism on the cartoon. Yeah, so that happens a lot with cartoons. Um, Also for SpongeBob specifically, it is a biology joke. Oh, that makes sense. Because, yeah, sponges do reproduce asexually. We also get that shit. So you're a plant. Oh, God. I never even put two and two together, to be honest with you. Never even thought of that. That is too bad. (laughs) But, yeah, the the negative for, like, the cartoon is that it will now – I get what they were going for because they just wanted to make it pure and not sexualized because people sexualize everything. But at the same time, by putting him as an asexual, not asexual sponge, but an asexual being in yeah. that regard, just to make it non-sexual, you're basically putting it, – it, it has more of a negative in my uh, connotation than an actual um, lifestyle, so to speak. Well, I still wouldn't call it a lifestyle because I didn't – 
fur is a choice. It's, that's true. Um, orientation. Orientation. There you go. Yeah. So instead of an orientation, it's more of a like a negative stereotype. You could, you could yeah. If that makes sense, but that's how I would see it. If if they came out and said, "Oh yeah, SpongeBob's asexual," I'd be like, "Well, how do you mean it?" Do you, like, are you going to put it out there in the show and explain it? Or are you just trying to make it seem like, oh, well, he's not sexual, so stop making it a sexual thing? Well, now you're making asexualness a negative stereotype. Then it should be. Yeah, and there are a lot of characters that they do that with. SpongeBob specifically, I'm more okay because, you know what? That's a funny biology joke. (laughs) And SpongeBob just does funny biology jokes, and it would be absolutely fine if people understand the a spectrum at all and you know what if it was maybe if it was represented in certain in tv shows and something popular like it's being introduced we you could get a little bit more um education on it more it get get it out there more i wouldn't even want something like that because there have been episodes like that and then the character disappears and then they're gone for the rest of the show, because again, we're boring, quote unquote. Yeah, because they just wanted to introduce it to be, oh look, we're all inclusive. Mm-hmm. We have this person, and then that's it. And you do see that a lot with with oh, you do see a lot with gay or trans or whatever in represented in TV shows is they they don't they're not typically the main characters unless that one is specifically oriented around. That, that and like, yeah, like girls or whatever. You know, it's specifically about that. You know, people of of certain sexual orientations. If it's not, then you you don't see them. None of the shows that I watch. Yeah, and nobody understands how to write us at all. That then that's a, that's a very good point too because we'll see. Like I write books and um, mm-hmm. writing as a like I had to write some teenager stuff. I actually had to do re- like I had to talk to teenagers and say, "Hey, how would you text this?" Because <laughs> I don't know how teenagers these days speak. I could write a I could write a scene with a, a gay couple, but if I'm doing it without any research, I'm just using my imagination of what I assume um, they would do, you know, or how they, you know, a group of gay men might act together. I don't know. I've never been with a bunch of great gay men. You know, it's just using my imagination and that could be completely wrong. So yeah, you have to, you have to at least do research or, and I actually had this conversation with my husband yesterday. We were watching a show and I wondered when you have a show that has black and white characters, we were just having that conversation. Do you, do you think that people like, do they have in the writer's room, do they have representation from both, you know, colors or ethnicities or whatever to make sure that they are representing it correctly? Because there are there are certain ways that, you know, people have different things. Like, if you have a Jewish character, do you have someone who's Jewish in the writer's room when you're talking about something that is related to his Judaism specifically? Or are you just going on what you have looked up or figured out. Yeah, and you always should have somebody there, and they rarely do. And then there's this idea that we're really rare. We're 1% to 2% of the population, which is the same amount of people who have green eyes. I have green eyes. Ooh, you're you're like a – you're a unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that's not rare. 
people don't understand uh, percentages like at all. And I never would have thought it would have been that much of a percentage, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think the usual quote is 1%, which I think is very low on the low end because people don't know their ace a lot of the time because they don't have the terminology. They don't know it's an option. Um, in fact, a lot of people used to just identify as bi who were ace because that's not a lot of difference, actually. There's not a lot of difference between saying that you feel the same way about all genders, you're attracted to all of them, and you feel the same way about all genders, you're not. So a lot of older people who have any idea that they're queer and they're on the ace spectrum identify as bi, especially the ones who are sex favorable, you know? Yeah. So it's still very, very hard to know yourself. Well, this has been <clears throat> very eye-opening and informative, so I really do appreciate your time, um, especially since I took probably a lot more of it than you were expecting. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> well, thank you again for for um, talking with me. I really do appreciate it. Uh, one, being interested, and two, being willing um, to, to talk about it. Um, well, yeah, and maybe next time I'll talk more about the – romantic side of things because yeah we can get (laughs) there you go well since you're a romantic is would that be a little bit harder um or do you want the romantic part of it no that would just be the same i was talking uh more as my experience Mm -hmm. which um if you could put in the show notes or whatever because the last thing I want to do is conflate ace and aromantic. And I think we did an okay job of separating them out. But because I'm both, sometimes I won't notice, you know? Mm-hmm. I'll make sure I put on there all three, um, yeah. you know, that this is specifically what you are. This is who you are, quote, representing here today. And I like, I hope that people realize that. This is just one person's point of view, one person's experience that, you know, there are other, you know, people who've had different experiences and, and view things a little, might be a little bit differently. But Yeah, I tried to get that over and at least more in the first episode. Mm-hmm. I think but it is. is different because, or difficult because I experience my sexuality and my romanticism as the same. Just like I'm sure you experience your heterosexuality and heteroromanticism is the same. Exactly. Other people don't. And it gets to be a big problem because then people outside the community think they're the same thing and they're just not. And maybe next time I'll talk about amatonormativity. We'll do a whole thing like every two months. Be like, let's learn something else. We'll have to give you a name. You have to like have a, like a thing. It's like, uh, uh, like a whole title, like, you know, like something, something with so-and-so, you know, like that, you know, like type of thing. Uh, uh you could call me triple A. Triple A. We have like, um, sexuality explained with triple A this week's episode. <laughs> this month's episode. Yeah, that sounds fine. That's, that's the whole thing in the ace community is people who are aero, ace, and agender. Just shortening it to triple A. 
Okay, I'll remember that. I sometimes joke that I have four because I am also atheist. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, thank you for having me on. No problem. If you have any questions for Casey about asexuality, aromanticism, or being a gender, please feel free to email me at pleasureplaypen at yahoo.com. Hit me up on Twitter at pleasureplaypen or on Reddit at pleasureplaypen, and I'll send those questions over. We'll talk to you next time.